1: Happy to welcome you back to the Hurricane Hotline. Joe Zagaki, Don Bailey, Jr. Hurricanes will play Virginia Tech on Saturday. Kickoff at 1230. Boy, oh, boy, we got breakfast for the pregame show. 830 a.m. pregame show, or maybe 8 a.m. pregame show for Miami and Virginia Tech. Uh, It will be the 40th meeting uh, between the Hurricanes and Hokies. Miami's lost three in a row. So has Virginia Tech. Uh, Let's tackle Miami first. Uh, Saturday's game, again, Miami's in it at the end, but they just didn't do enough things to win. All those little things, you miss a field goal, you don't score on if – got first and goal at the one, you don't score there. You give up a 74-yard touchdown, you drop a pass uh, late in the game, you get a first down on a fourth down conversion and fumble the ball, you're not going to win games that way.
2: You know, Joe, you you look at it, and as individual events, they may not seem like a, a lot. But when you describe it and you start stacking each thing on top of each other again and again and again and again and again, and and there's 20 things that you didn't mention, you can't win. You cannot win football games. Miami does not have overpowering talent at any position on the field at any time to take over a football game. I mean that's that's the fact there were times in our history in the program's history where they could overpower you with a running back they could overpower you with receivers or defensive tackles or linebackers or all of the above the championship teams would overpower you at every single position that's not the case so when you you walk into this environment you understand it at Virginia Tech you understand what it is and what it takes to win a football game it takes your best every single snap and that's from the whole week leading up. It's not just, okay, Saturday, I'm gonna give you my best. It's every snap in the football game when you are at the level Miami is right now.
1: It's pretty clear. If it's not clear now, I don't know uh, how it'll get more clear to understand that this is, especially at this level, this is a talent-driven business. And when the University of Miami's had great talent, they have won, you know? The last four years of the Big East, Miami won 11 or 12 games every year and they were ranked in one or two since joining the ACC they've lost at least three games in a season every year it is talent and that's what coach Chris, that's why coach Cristobal is here to fix the talent
2: you and I and you did a phenomenal job of the 87 reunion a week ago oh, a, you. you did a fantastic job and what did you notice in that room other than a bunch of guys that you saw as young men have gray hair now like everybody else. Well,
1: there are a few Hall of Famers. Yeah,
2: yeah, a Hall of Fame coach, uh, a bunch of assistant coaches that went on to have very successful careers as head coaches, both in college and the National Football League. But you go down the list of the players that were on that team, they were, as you said, NFL Hall of Famers, College Football Hall of Famers, All-Americans, and great talent. Miami, and Coach Cristobal knows how to procure talent, and that's why he's here, and that's when you're gonna see the bigger difference. Until that day gets here, you have got to be at the top of your game on every single snap to win a game like today at Virginia Tech.
1: You know, one of the things I really uh, liked about what Coach Cristobal said on the show, and also back on Saturday, he said, we're all about the work and the lumps that come with it. It stinks, it's painful, but that's why we're here. We are ready for whatever comes with it to make sure we get back to a certain level. Because we've been down this road before, right? We've been down this road before. And so now you've got a guy who's got the shoulders, like we said on the show, to take it all on.
2: and He wants to take it all on. I mean, that, that's, that's why he's here. He came here to build the foundation and to build the team and to get it where it used to be. He lived it. He knows the vision. He's gone to other places and studied it, and there's nobody better suited to get Miami where they need to go. We have to understand it's going to take some time. It's going to take time and effort by all of us. The same thing that we're asking of the players, we have to give as a fan base. The same thing we're asking of the assistant coaches and the players, we have to give as alumni. This is not just on Mario Cristobal. It's not... Hey, coach, it's all on you. No, it's on all of us. It's all on our community. We have to understand it. it's going to take a little time. But I, see, I have seen it. I saw after the Texas A&M loss, I saw that locker room. I saw Middle Tennessee State, I saw that locker room after the game. And I saw it last week. And I see the locker room after a loss at that stadium, I see it getting better. Is it where it needs to be? No but it's getting better. There is progress, and that's all you can hope for.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, coming up in this game on Saturday, Miami and Virginia Tech, Hokies have lost three straight games by 16 points or more. So they are reeling. They gave up to uh, Abba the running back at Pittsburgh, 320 yards on the ground and six touchdowns so you would think hey can Miami run the football in this game it's amazing that Pitt was able to do that when the Hokies defense has been really good against the run this year until that game but he really gashed them yeah now he's a really good player by the way
2: he's fantastic and I don't know that we sit here and we say yep Miami's going to go in and run the football you're going to go do offensively, what they allow you to do. And I thought going into the going in North Carolina game, Miami was gonna run the darn football. Well, they allowed you to pass by the structure of the defense that they presented to you. And Van Dyke never, ever, ever looked better. And I, I really believe, Joe, that we haven't talked enough about his performance. Unfortunately, there was a loss involved. And to show you how humble he was, he didn't, I mean, during the post-game interview, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about his numbers. He didn't want to talk about the touchdowns. He didn't want to talk about the interception that was tipped, by the way, at the line of scrimmage. And he he just wanted, he was so distraught about losing, and that's what you need. But that that guy played lights out, and if Miami can throw the ball Saturday against Virginia Tech, I say throw it. If you can run it, run
1: it. Against Virginia Tech, usually you have to throw it, and usually you got to get big plays. So the formula for Virginia Tech has always been the same: big plays for touchdowns. You can go all the way back to uh, Larry Coker and Butch Davis when they had uh, Michael Vick. It's always been the same. They have a head-hunting secondary. Uh, so it's, it's throw the ball for big plays when you throw the ball. But back to Van Dyke for a moment. He had the second most passing yards in the history of the program, which nobody picked, seemed, didn't, seem to, uh, didn't seem like anybody picked up on that, number one. And number two, he did that a week after he was benched. So he got benched, and then how did he respond? He responded by almost throwing for the most yards in the history of the program.
2: And actually, truth be told, if he didn't have a few drops, yeah. he would have set the record. And he remained composed throughout the entire ball game. There was one throw, Joe, that he, when he threw the touchdown, I guess it was to perish, he he was in the grasp. Yeah. I mean, he had scrambled. He was in the grasp. He, he let it rip. And there it was, a touchdown. So, you know, and, and again, not enough credit to the coaching. You had a guy against Middle Tennessee that didn't seem himself. They worked with him, they counseled him. He worked on himself, and it was an entirely different presentation from one week to two weeks later. They, it's, it's, it was like the Tyler that we were hoping for against a quality opponent. It, Middle Tennessees wore him down and he didn't look himself. He comes out against North Carolina, and he's put in a winning performance.
1: Again, I feel like this. Uh, people think that he's a quarterback that has 25 starts under his belt. He's got 14, right? So he's still learning a lot of things, one season. And so I feel like, yes, um, he, he seems like he's better when there's a little more tempo, where he doesn't have to think about things, where he's making plays, one play after another. You stack up one good play after another. Will that always be the case with him? Maybe not, but that's part of his maturity also. He has to learn to deal with tempo and maintaining his confidence from play to play. I feel like maybe right now, because of his youth, when he has when you get him going by a flurry of plays.
2: That builds his confidence, you know, and that and that's a big part of it. But also the thing that we have to be aware of is that this is a new era of college football this year mentally. It's not you have a new head coach, you have a new offensive coordinator, you have a new quarterback coach, a new offensive line coach. Everybody's new here but also outside of football is different this year than it's ever, ever been. We don't have any history of it. He doesn't have a history on how to manage his outside responsibilities. A year ago, there were none. Two years ago, they weren't even in a conversation. And now you have these young people that are all of a sudden having to manage money, having to think about making money, having people asking them for money, having all these things that come with, with NIL, all these things that come with with college football today. And just maybe he's learned to manage that a little bit better, and that's something you hear Coach Cristobal talk about all the time. Don't worry about social media. Don't worry about the outside voices. Don't worry about that. Focus on the game.
1: Uh, I think Miami also is making a little bit of progress with their receivers. You're up to six guys now with double-digit catches, so that's good. That makes it a little more difficult on the defense, and here comes Colby Young. So, flash in the pan or not, we'll find out. I know what I would do though. I'd throw him the ball fast. I'd throw him the ball first and short. They keep his confidence going because it, with his size, if he if you can equate uh, if he can equate his size with confidence, he could become a, a pretty good threat.
2: We don't have to know anything but one thing. He got an opportunity, and he made. Plays. We haven't said a lot of guys are making plays. We've said a lot of guys are playing. He made plays. He's earned the right to play. I love his size. We noticed that when he walked on campus the first time. He's in shape. He understands the offense now. And I'm with you. You know, he's he's so big you almost can confuse him as a tight end, but he can he can out muscle guys, he can out jump them. He had a good uh career last year in junior college so he's caught a lot of footballs but I think he's going to be something special and I just keep making plays
1: Virginia Tech has always had a premier running back or at least I should say when they were really good they've had a premier running back they're trying to find that guy Malachi Thomas came on for them last week he he's got a lot of speed he ran for 85 yards so they think maybe he's the guy that can spark their offense Their run offense is 111th in the country, but you still got to stop their run game. If they can run the football on Saturday, that's going to be problematic.
2: The Malachi Thomas of last week was not the Malachi Thomas of last year. He was a productive runner. Big guy, great speed, as you talked about. But he's been hurt the first month of the season. He gave them 84 yards last year on 15, I mean, last week on 15 carries. That's a huge number for them. They were by committee and really had no bell cow. And as you mentioned, and we both know through history, Virginia Tech's offense clicks if it has a running game attached. And their coach is a defensive guy, Coach Pry. He wants a running game, just like Miami does.
1: Um, You know, with Schagenfreude, right? The misery. Of others, you 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 join in the misery of others. The old German term "Schadenfreude," join in the misery of others. I miss that
2: class, I miss but that class. I miss that class. But I'll take you. I'll take your word okay. for it.
1: Oklahoma, is a first-year head coach, <laughs> they lost to their big rival, Texas, forty-eight to nothing. Brian Kelly goes to LSU. They think he's going to be the miracle worker, and I, I don't know. Last time I looked on Saturday, it was like forty to three at home against Tennessee. So. Uh, sometimes when you change coaches, it, t- it takes a little time. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go to Oklahoma.
2: Not only did they lose last week for the, the worst loss in 118 years, they lost a week before, and they lost a week before. So they've lost three in a row, and they've got a head coach that was the, the top defensive coordinator in America, and they thought that he was going to bring some defense to the, to the University of Oklahoma. Hadn't happened quite yet.
1: Alabama plays Tennessee this week. Alabama escaped A&M. Jimbo gave them everything and more. Had the ball on the three-yard line. It was a lousy play call at the end of the game, but uh, Alabama, they had that picket fence right... You know, you talk about discipline, by the way. Coach Ball talks about how discipline changes the game, and Miami had a few, I would call it, discipline breakdowns of technique. Go watch Alabama on the last play of the game against Texas A&M. Eight guys deep now. They're all five of them are spread out on the goal line, the picket fence. And just look at where they where and how they are aligned. There was no place for A and M to go because not only was Alabama, I guess, on the right defense, everything about it was perfect.
2: Well, we can Thank Auburn for that, right? Wasn't it a big play where they gave up uh, years ago against Auburn, I think, is, is is what happened there. But you know, you look at that game, Joe, and you look at Alabama, and there's it's the success is no accident, none. I mean, they they recruit well, they're well coached. There's no misunderstandings and communication with their players through the coaches, and they're gonna win. They're gonna win a lot, a lot, a lot of football games.
1: Uh, Alabama. If anybody wants to do a homework assignment, look at their recruiting, and they've got the number one, number two, number three player, probably from every position and from every state or the key states. They have dominated Florida. They've dominated Texas. they dominated California. And they've taken over their own state, of course, Alabama, Louisiana, all of those other places. They even went to Michigan got the number one player in Michigan.
2: Yeah, you know what's amazing about that is that nobody talks about about half of that team is from the state of Alabama. There's some great football players there. The reason you don't talk about it is they're not allowed to leave. Yeah, they, they, right, it the is true. <laughs> yeah, The great ones in the state of Alabama are not allowed. And if you, if you don't go to the University of Alabama, maybe we'll allow you to go to Auburn. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. But you, you, you look at the, the way that they have approached the game and how you have to recruit nationally. I know we're proud of Dayton, Broward County, and the state of Florida, but you have to get the best talent that you can no matter where it is.
1: Talent driven business. Hurricanes was trying to avoid a four game losing streak, got hit some big plays, and make Virginia Tech one dimensional and handle the crowd. They're going to have a sellout despite the fact they've lost three in a row. They're going to come in with Sandman. They're going to have a lot of energy early in the game. Miami's got to match that.
2: Glad we're here. I mean, to be able to go to that football game and to be there and witness that, it's one of the best venues. And not everybody's been to it. You know, it doesn't attract a national crowd but it's a special place.
1: Okay, our broadcast will begin at 8.30 on Saturday. We'll continue on the hotline
0: right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?